With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. Now make sure you say my name right. It's See, I talk about things other people are scared to talk about, what they're afraid to say. When I walk into the building, you know what they whisper to each other? Be <laughs> Now you tell me, you want those pretty lies, or you ready for the ugly truth? Let's get it. This is Robert Latow from BlackSportsOnline.com, and you're listening to the Ugly Truth Podcast, where I don't tell you those pretty lies. I tell you the ugly truth about what's going on in the world of sports, entertainment, and viral news. A.B., not Adrian Broner, who said that he's going to retire from boxing because he wants to become a drug dealer and be able to do a line of heroin without anyone bothering him about it. No, we're not talking about that, A.B. We're talking about Antonio Brown. And I want to give you the truth about what's going on with Antonio Brown. Uh, right now, he's trending on all your social media spaces for all the wrong reasons. Uh, this all started earlier in the day with a report from a Pittsburgh news anchor uh, that said that A.B. had went missing, MIA, radio silent, um, from the Raiders and nobody had heard from him. Well, I have an inside source. I have sources, just like everybody else. But my source is uh, with uh, HBO. Um, and my HBO source, I hit him up. I say, hey, you know, what's going on? Because of hard knocks. I'm like, is, uh, you know, AB gone missing? And he kind of laughed. And he's like, no, AB hasn't gone missing. We have a camera crew with him pretty much, you know, 24-7. Um, there is some drama uh, going on that he didn't elaborate on. But he said, no, AB's not missing. The Raiders know how to find him. You know, that report's a little... A little off. Like, yeah, there's some drama with the feet and, and some other things, but, you know, he's not missing. Like, you know, he, they can call him. He's answering his phone. They know where he's at. It's not like he's in Cabo or something like that with uh, Ezekiel Elliott. So we thought that was the end of it. Or I thought that was the end of, of that particular little story. That Bam, you know, Michael Silver uh, from the NFL Network comes out, says A.B. has been having this issue uh, with his helmet. Uh, for a while and you know he's upset about it and then you know Adam Schefter comes back from ESPN and says AB tells the the Raiders that he's going to retire if he can't wear his old helmet now for those not familiar with the helmet situations the NFL has been trying to make uh, the league safer from concussions and things like that Um, so some of the older helmet models have you can't wear anymore um, and you have to wear like these approved you know helmets AB has one of the uh, older models. Uh, a lot of the older players have the older models because they're comfortable with them. Brady, uh, Aaron Rodgers, some others. And they've been they had been given a, a window of time to actually find some you know new helmets. And you understand how this is. You know, you have a favorite pair of, of sneakers or 
a favorite shirt or, you know, something that you kind of hang on to, even though it's past its shelf life. Well, you know, or your or comfortability issues. Well, for an NFL players who are, you know, athletes in general are a little quirky about their uniform, so to speak. You can imagine a helmet, which is what's protecting your head. Um, obviously, they have some quirks about that. So according to the reports, A.B., you know, has been upset about this for a while, has tried to sneak in uh, his old helmet into practices and has been told no. And finally, just was fed up, filed a grievance with the NFLPA and allegedly told the Raiders that if he can't wear his old helmet, he's out. He's not going to play anymore. He's going to retire. On top of that, uh, there are reports that, you know, he's been a little, let's say, aloof. Uh, with practices and meetings, um, instead of paying attention, he's been checking his bank accounts and liking uh, IG model pictures um, on Instagram, <laughs> uh, which is not actually that unusual in some of these meetings that they allow telephones into, cell phones into. Uh, so just a lot of drama. Now, now that I got you caught up on what you probably already knew or, or seen or read, let me tell you the truth about what's really going on. And it kind of goes all the way back, you know, all, all the way back to Antonio Brown with the Steelers. That's when things kind of started falling apart, so to speak. And Jimmy Butler said this thing one time about how sometimes people expect you when you come from, you know, certain places, when you get, <clears throat> you get money or you become famous to stay the same, to eat at the same places, to act the same. Well, you know, you, you, that's not really how it works. You know, the you know, your core can be the same person, but your lifestyle could be different. I mean, ten years ago, uh, you know, I was I had to eat those five dollars Little Caesars pizza because that's all I can afford. Now I can get a steak if I so choose to. I can go to a nice restaurant. I can take a vacation to the islands or whatever it may be. So the thing about A.B. is that, you know, he wasn't a first round pick. Uh, if, if for those who got a long memory, remember, he was just a, a punt returner for a long time. You know, still has had Mike Wallace and Santonio Holmes and all of these other people. He wasn't supposed to be the number one. He fought his way up <clears throat> to that, to that position. And, you know, more money, more problems, more baby mamas, more issues, more weirdness uh, with the fame. Uh, it's never affected him on the field. It's been dominant, you know, the last six years, you know, but off the field, he's, he's changed. He's, he's, he's different. Let's just put it like that. <clears throat> and sometimes different doesn't work in certain areas and, and with the Steelers, um, you know, not toting that company line. As you can see, even if you're Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown, it didn't work well, you know, with them. Um, I don't think he ever really wanted to get traded. I just think he wanted to be loved and get paid, and they just weren't going to do it a second time, that is. So he gets traded. I mean, he didn't want to go to Buffalo. <clears throat> that would have been even a more crazy thing. So he gets traded to, you know, the Raiders. And it's not that I don't think he dislikes the Raiders or anything. I think he likes the thing. It's just sometimes when you trade – or you get a player like that with that bigger personality and everything, it's a fine line on reeling it in and making sure it's all about, you know, the team and, and things like that. And just as opposed to say, let's just let him run, you know, wild. 
And I think what's happened is the Raiders, I mean, they need him um, because they're not a very good team and he's a very good player. Uh, They need him and they've kind of let him just kind of run wild and with no discipline. And what's happened is, is that now it's just it's out of out of control. Uh, the thing with the bad feet in the, the cryogenic chamber, I don't even know if that's 100 percent true. Um, I have some people telling me b- blatantly that it's false, that that's not exactly how it's happened. That's just a cover story that they get. We may never know exactly what happened to the man's feet. Uh, the helmet thing is more of a quirk, you know, thing. And it's more of just he's just. He's being weird. He's actually acting a little bit like Adrian Broner, to be honest with you. You have to wonder sometimes about the mental stability of some of these players that have been hit in the head over and over and over again. Like, you know, they get a lot of yes men, a lot of yes women. Um, There's been some issues off the field uh, with A.B., anger issues, kind of losing control. You know, he's throwing some stuff off balconies. There's been lawsuits, baby mama drama. It's a, it's a lot going on. If you actually watch this really long interview that he had with ESPN uh, when he had like the gold mustache or whatever, there's a lot of odd things, you know, to that. So I think, you know, he's still a great football player, but there's a lot more that's going on inside that head of his. Now, with that being said, he's not going to retire. You can mark that one to the bank because if he retires – uh, he forfeits $30 million. Uh, the way his contract is structured, it's, it's actually structured a little bit better for him if he did want to retire because it wasn't like he didn't get like a, a signing. He got a $1 million signing bonus. Normally, that's what they come after. If um, if you retire early, your, your signing bonus, your prorated signing bonus, his guarantees actually come in the form of uh, his actual salary. Meaning as long as he shows up, um, and even if he doesn't show up, he's going to get $30 million. So if they cut him, then he he gets $30 million, regardless if he's signed with another team or not. So more or less, they're stuck with him for at least two years. That's when the guarantees run out. And I think each year he's close to $15 million, like fourteen five or something like that. So if he retired, which he, he could, and they just wouldn't have to pay him because he wouldn't be on the roster. Um, and he would have voluntarily retired as opposed to getting cut or anything like that. Uh, he needs $30 million. I know, and so as somebody pointed out to me, that he said that you know he doesn't need any more NFL money. All his houses are paid for, et cetera, et cetera. Let me tell you something. In, in some instances with some players, that's, that's true. Uh, they're very financially responsible. Uh, they put their money away. Uh, they don't have to play if they don't want to play. They made sound investments, et cetera, et cetera. I've been told that Antonio Brown, even though he's done some of that, is not really in a position where he could just leave $30 million uh, on the table. Uh, the lifestyle that he lives, um, he needs the $30 million to secure. You know, and, and what I was like, I know, look, no, no matter how you, you slice it, it's it's still a lot of money, but you got to remember, you know, there's taxes, there's other things that are involved. So, you know, you see 30 million and be like, man, yeah, it's 30 million, but it's not really 30 million. It may be more like, you know, 15, which is still a lot, you know, but if you don't, if you have zero, (laughs) 
and you're trying to live a $15 million, $30 million lifestyle, that's a problem. It's likely he's not going to get another contract with $30 million guaranteed. Uh, those are very difficult to come by in the NFL for skill positions. Um, if you're a quarterback, you're good to go, but pretty much every, every place else, you have to be in the upper, upper, upper echelon to get $30 million guaranteed, especially at his, his age. Um, you see, you know, the problems with Ezekiel Elliott and, and, and Amari Cooper, um, even Julio Jones. So for him to get that amount of money, um, I don't care if his feet are falling off and he has to wear a paper bag. Uh, he's going to be on the field likely uh, week one. Uh, that's just the truth and the facts uh, of the matter. Now, you can believe me or you can't believe me, but uh, it's all a ploy. He's hoping that by doing all these threats and something, the NFL will let him wear his helmet. Now, they're not going to do it because they let him wear the helmet and they have to let everybody else wear the helmet. Um, I can tell you, I talked again to my HBO Connect. I talk like I'm on power. I did talk to my HBO Connect again, and, and he stated that this is great. He thinks it's amazing. See, there, see it's different. You know, if, if I had a Raiders source, they probably would be freaking out a little bit more. But I have a TV source, and this is good because who isn't going to watch? So Hard Knocks comes over every Wednesday, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, so now this is what, Friday. So they have this whole weekend to delve into this stuff. So, of course, go, you know, and edit it and do whatever they need to do. Probably going to have A.B. on camera explaining what's going on. So he thinks it's great. He thinks it's, it's the best thing that they can have for the show. The, the first episode was okay. I know a lot of people didn't didn't like it, but you know sometimes you got to build up the drama. Well, they got more than enough drama now. So to to people are freaking out. Uh, the media, as I've told you, me they love stuff like this. It's, it's kind of a slow time of year, and they love stuff like this. So they've been waiting. They 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 kissing Antonio Brown's feet. Uh, no pun intended. Because it gives them something. On a Friday, this is beautiful subject matter for them. But in the end, it's really much ado about nothing. Um, when Antonio Bryant is healthy, he's going to play. Uh, he's going to be on the field week one. He's going to put on a helmet. I don't know which helmet it's going to be. Uh, his quirkiness is something that the Raiders knew about uh, when they traded for him. So this is something that you're going to have to deal with uh, throughout the season. Now, I will say this. Season starts off bad. Derek Carr is not getting them the touches that he wants, and they're losing and everything. It can get worse. It definitely can get worse and everything. But he's going to be on the field. So we have to just see how it, how it goes. He's a peculiar fella, so he's a quiet taste. That is. I don't think he's a bad guy at all. I think he's a peculiar fella, individual. It's a weirdo. But you know he's not not a bad guy. I don't know what it is about the receiver position. They got they got a lot of weirdos at the receiver position. Uh, before I get out of here, let's uh, quickly because you know, man, I hate beating a dead horse in the mouth. But listen, if you are a white person and you listen to my podcast or you follow me on Twitter, you follow BSO, whatever it may be. First off, if you're a good white person, I appreciate you. But if you're the type of white person that, you know, finds these things interesting, but, you know, when stuff happens, you start talking about what's black on black crime. Uh, what about Chicago? 
et cetera, et cetera. Um, I need you to stop following, stop listening, because I don't want any white supremacists and racists um, supporting me. I don't. I, I simply don't. I would rather lose the money uh, than deal with that, because this a lot of this stuff in our country, which is what makes it so sad, is common sense. It's like it's literally as it's, it's common as sense can be. It's common sense. Like there's a big difference between, you know, and don't don't, don't let me, I'm not discrediting murder or, or injuries or anything like that. But sometimes these things are separate and should be taken as such. You know, if if I steal an apple from Whole Foods, right? I, my defense can't be, you know, somebody stole. Uh, a grape, you know, from Vons or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's, they're two different things. You know, white people shooting up random people is much different than black on black crime, white on white crime, Latino on Latino crimes. Two totally different things. If me and my neighbor have a dispute and he just happens to be black and he shoots me or I shoot him, I'm in a gang and we have a 20 year history with another gang and we're shooting at each other. Those are all separate issues. Not great, but they're all, they're separate issues. It's totally different than someone grabbing a assault rifle, walking into a Walmart and just shooting people, walking into a bar and just shooting people using the president's language. Let me, that part is what really frustrates me is that if someone's a criminal, okay, a gangbanger or whatever you want to call it, a white person that just, you know, is a bad person, their criminal activities are centralized and because they're a criminal. So their motivation is criminal activities. If someone's motivation to be a criminal, to be a killer, is from the president of the United States of America. That's really, really bad. That's really, really bad. It's like saying, uh, you know, a priest told me to chop somebody's head off. Like, it, the, the correlation shouldn't be there. Good people don't inspire bad people to do bad things. <laughs> If I was to commit a crime, I wouldn't say the, per- the reason that I committed the crime was because of someone that I, you know, who was a nice person. That's not how it works. What they're telling you by doing this is that we look up to Donald Trump and we're doing what he, we think he wants us to do, which is kill minorities. <laughs> and... Really, like I said, it's common sense. It's common sense that you look at the one graphic that says all of the mass shootings in all the different countries, and you see zero 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 one two zero 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 five zero 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 four zero zero zero. They get to the United States and it says like you know thirty thousand. <laughs> I mean, come on, we're supposed to be the country that people look up to, home of the free, you know, land of the free, home of the brave. I just, I just hate when people lie. Just say, you know, it's, it's a lot of money in guns. 
It's a lot of power in the NRA. It's a lot of white people that are, excuse my language, pussies. So they use their guns as a way of showing how little their dick is. You see the, the, the thing, you know, okay, you need your, your assault rifle to go to fucking Starbucks. Excuse my language. It's just frustrating. The Starbucks? Starbucks, the most uppity, uppity coffee chain in the world. You need your, you need your AK-47 to go to Starbucks? You need your AK-47 to go to Walmart? Walmart, which is they're idiots themselves. Like, oh, we're gonna take down all of the graphic video games, and but we're gonna still sell the guns in the back, in the front. We just, we just, our country's not stupid, but they like to think that people are stupid, and the people that support Trump are idiots, because it's cold. He's no different than Charles Manson, David Koresh, Jim Jones, or any other cult you could think of. It's just a cult. And just like most cults, as the leader, he's, you know, shielded. But make no mistake, he's the person that is planting all of these seeds. And we're not better for it. The fact that anything that happens in our country right now scares us to death. Remember the back, they had the backfire, the motorcycle at Times Square, people running for their lives. Look how paranoid we are because of what we're dealing with. Sad, really. Follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook, Black Sports Online, Instagram, BSO TV. Uh, YouTube is also BSO TV. Uh, this was up on Facebook Live as well. If you missed the entire thing, you can watch it soon as it's over now. I'm out.